All right. Um, wow. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was it, and uh, that was rather a fast one hour. Probably one of the fastest one hour I ever spent. Yeah. Well, good job, uh, Chan. That that was. In case everybody didn't know, that was his first time on air at right. CITR. So. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Once again. Um, from the amateurs, uh, we really uh, thank those who are listening. And coming up next is uh, the Arts Report. Again, this is CITR. We're live from our beautiful studio here in Vancouver and uh, FM 101.9. Hi, this is DJ Wah inviting you to join me every second Sunday at 8 p.m. here on 101.9 CITR for Techno Progressible. Techno Progressivo is the only radio show in Vancouver where you'll hear the best mix of new tech house, techno, and progressive house. A body thing. A- so join me every second Sunday at 8 p.m. for Techno Progressivo.
Hi, welcome to the Arts Report for June 4th, 2014. Tonight on the show, Sahar and Ola and I will fill you in on the Out Vigil and the Rodney Graham exhibition at the Rennie Gallery. Superstar casting agent and musician Esther Cohen is going to talk about the Leo Awards and some of the work her clients are doing in the film and music industry. I'll tell you about the Festival of Oceans and if we have some time, some book reviews. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Kind of got a late start today. Um, Nardwar, are you out there listening? If you are, feel free to call in as long as you're not driving. I know how to answer the phone now. I'm trying to rope Nardwar into uh, nabbing Eminem when he comes to Squamish in August. I was like practicing my Eminem rap in the car to say on the radio, but I've I've just chickened out. There's no way I'm going to do it. Um, (laughs) You're like nodding. Yeah, don't do it. (laughs) But I really want to meet Eminem, and I've got it in my head now that that Nardwar and I are going to do that. And congratulations to CITR on our broadcasting license renewal. It was quite a... It was quite a Tense process, yeah. yeah, to go through that. And Brenda and Robin and everybody else uh, really worked hard for that. So I think it's like for six years or something. Yeah, we don't I think it's seven years. Seven years. Um, we can play hits, swear. Really? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the pressure's off. Yeah. So we can play hits and swear. No, that is not the case. We won't be doing that. So say hi, everybody. Ola. Hi. Hi. So you wanted to come on the show tonight? Just yeah, just check it out, you know? Yeah. What this is all about. Yeah. Well, we've met before. Yeah. Um, Lace Up for Kids. Yeah. Lace Up for Kids. Uh, yeah, that That's right. We co-hosted Lace Up for Kids, and I remember it was really fun. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I didn't get skate, though. Like, which no, we were, we were interviewing yeah, people. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Do you remember? The pictures. I just remember we were like, oh, it's so cute. Little toddlers on skates. It was kind of cute. I mean, yeah, it's that's about as cute as it gets. So, like, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, what have you been up to lately? Oh, I'm taking summer classes and stuff. And, um, yeah, and, like, I started my new show. Um, like, it's on Mondays, 5 to 6, listening. Yeah. yeah so, uh, tell us about the show. <laughs> what time exactly? Mondays? Uh, oh, 5 to 6. Five to you six, just said yeah, that. Yeah, shameless advertising right here. So uh, No, please do. <laughs> we want to hear. Um, so, basically, it's uh, called Soul Sandwich. And, like, the whole premise of the show is that um, it's like a sandwich. And um, you just imagine music as a sandwich. And then, like, yes. um, you have your sturdy bread, which is, like, the... Like indie rock, it's like your basic music. Everybody loves indie rock, right? And then like you have like your different slices, different um, your ham, your cheese, your bacon. Like they're all just different tastes, different tastes that um, people like. So I just basically like put them in between each other and then like um, spice them and just make them like something. delicious. Yeah, it, yeah, you got me. You got me. <laughs> tasty. <laughs> yeah, tasty. Just something that like everybody wants to hear. Yeah. So, so what kind of, like, give me a sample of some of the things you played on Monday. Um, I played, um, I played Janae Aiko. I, I don't know if, um, you, I think Rohit knows her. Uh, uh, she's, she headlined at Coachella. Um, she opened for someone. Um, and um, I played a Nigerian artist. Like, I mean, I play, like, basically I just play African rhythms, and I play, like, indie rock, and I play, like, rap, and I play, like, hip-hop. So it's, like, it's just, it just keeps going, like, one way, then, like, it 
changes to another direction. So like, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Wow, yeah, it's like, I've listened to some African rap yeah, that I really like. Which one? Like, I, don't know. I can't. It was they were from South Africa, and it was so good. I can't remember the name, but um, they're actually pretty. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Like, I think most musicians that I know are probably like the rappers from like, like Africa or something. So yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna listen. Yeah, it sounds awesome, you. and you, you must much. be happy to get your show. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Like I, I've been like trying, like working hard, like the whole past years, to, like actually get some skills, so like actually have a show, and like I think it p- paid off. Yeah, like because I had like I have lots of friends that like they just went straight into it, and like they say, oh, they have like difficulties and stuff, like um, how to like control all like the the twiggly thingies on the board and stuff and mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what they're called but like yeah so um, i don't know what they're called yeah, either sliders. So, like, sliders sliders yes <laughs> anyways um so um yeah it's like i just took that time to actually learn the things i like i basically just took like two hours to practice in the stuff like every week and like mm-hmm. i think it paid off you know that's yeah. smart i should do that yeah yeah i mean you could be a natural so like i mean I had yeah. my first fill-in show on Monday. Oh, excellent. Yeah. What did you do? I just played music, um, just a lot of different music that I guess I'm into. Yeah. And um, I missed out on a lot of Canadian content, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but I learned a lot uh, about the board, so that was a good experience. Yeah. It takes a lot of yeah. work. I mean, it took me a couple years of being around here and, do, yeah. you know, before I was ready and... You just keep learning, and it's exciting. Yeah. It's fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. And think, it feels really cool yeah. being able to navigate the board. I was just telling my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I ran a music show <laughs> last morning. I, I, I think people are usually <laughs> like, oh, you have a show, you know? Like, I, know. I, I think I'm like, it's just nice, like, actually have people like, oh, like you for something other than, like, being cool, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, so... Yeah, well, we were going to talk about the out vigil, which you mm-hmm. saw, and you were going to talk about maybe a couple movies that yeah. you'd seen. Um, but we've got a guest, and I want maybe she's listening right now. I'm going to phone her in a few minutes, but I just wanted to talk about an opening that I went to so I can play the song, which segues into Esther's interview. <laughs> so, <laughs> I smart, smart. yeah. Um, so I went to Rodney Graham's opening. It was this huge art opening. I talked about it last week at this building in Chinatown, the Wing Sang Building. So it's a uh, Bob Rennie, this real estate guy, has restored this old building in Chinatown till it's incredibly restored. So on the outside, it looks just like it would have in the 1800s on the inside. It's just like, it's got elevators, brick walls, like it's unbelievably beautiful. And he houses his private art collection in there. So I got to go um, and it was pretty one of the fancier things I've been to in my life so it was like one of those nights when you pull out everything of your closet and yeah. it's on the floor <laughs> guys might not know what those uh, that's no, like no, the I, girls I, know I, I like totally go weekend. through that stuff no worries <laughs> like, like, every yeah, weekend. Like, yeah, different pants different um jackets you know you have to like check it out and yeah stuff. yeah I, I feel so like. got dressed up went down kind of had an embarrassing start because Bob Rennie's partner was at the door greeting people and I was like hi I wanted to seem like I had a right to be there. Like, I was kind of important. So I was like, hi, I'm friends with Rodney Graham, the artist. And he's like, everyone's friends with Rodney Graham tonight. And I was like, oh, 
<laughs> so that I felt bad. But I went in and so some of the works I was familiar with, some of them were new. One of the new ones I hadn't seen was these incredible custom bookcases made out of teak wood. So like almost in that style of kind of Danish modern. And then he had Freud books just like carefully placed yeah. in one or two slots in the shelves. So I liked that and Rodney likes Freud and who doesn't like Freud? Um, another work that was there was lobbing potatoes at a gong. So this film he made where he takes this huge pile of potatoes. It took him all day and he had this huge gong set up at the back of the room and he'd throw the potatoes at the gong and it would just make this huge gong sound. So it's this long film where it's just like gong and then again, Mm. right? And then all the potatoes at the end were on the floor. So he collected them and made them into vodka and so the the vodka's there so this giant hill of potatoes only made a tiny bottle of vodka so he made a special label for it that was cool for those who drink it was like free booze (laughs) there was a lot of boozing rodney didn't really even go i think he stopped in for like five minutes but no one could find him he went to uh wheezy bistro which is not a very good restaurant on (laughs) granville and 16th but a lot of friends um we're there and fancy people. The very top is the most spectacular because it's this grassy rooftop uh, with a view of the city and this huge neon kind of lights. That's a text work that says everything is going to be all right. And there's a huge um, bronze statue that's like, you know, a piece of artwork. It's giant and it's really ugly. And my friend and I were like, She's like, yeah, I think we should push that thing over the side. Like, it's just too ugly to be up here. But we didn't. But the other piece of uh, public art that's up there is a pavilion, a beautiful crescent-shaped glass pavilion um, made by Dan Graham. He's a famous New York artist, no relation to Rodney. Um, And he actually, he's a, a funny man. He's older now, very much an eccentric kind of oddball Um although he, you know, he's just an odd man, uh, needs a lot of managing and handling, um, but quite a brilliant artist and very accomplished. Um, so do visit the rennycollection.org. It is open to the public for free, but you have to visit by appointment. And so there's almost, there's zero spots left for June. Wow. Oh, so they're booking into July. I think the uh, the show's on till September. So if you want to go, and I think it's worth going just to see the building, let alone Rodney's great art, um, then you should move on that. Um, but yeah, the the Dan Graham Pavilion that's upstairs on the grassy patio is really beautiful. And as I said, he's very odd, but back when he was a young man, his girlfriend was... Uh, One of his girlfriends was Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. So I thought I'd play a little Sonic Youth while we get Esther Cohen on the phone. Um, And then we're going to chat with her about the Leo Awards and some of the work that she does as an uh, agent for actors and musicians in Vancouver. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her work. So here's Kissability from the Sonic Youth album Daydream Nation. 1990, no, sorry, 1988, this album was made. Um, And it's a pretty incredible album like classics so excited to play kissability from sonic youth we'll be right back on the arts report citr 101.9 fm
How much do you know about bytes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one -on -one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen, and then get riding. Listening to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM, we're back and we're going to talk with Esther Cohen about the Leo Awards. So I've known Esther for a while. She's a talent agent at Carrier Talent Management, where she reps actors and musicians for film, television and commercials. She got her start in the theater, where she trained as an actor and then moved on to film. She also has years of experience in the music industry, fronting and playing in several rock and roll bands, one of which I played in with her. Uh, and it's turned out to be quite beneficial and complimentary to her job as an agent so esther are you there i sure am oh good nice to hear your voice thanks for coming on no problem thanks for having me yeah we haven't been in touch that much since you started and you just blossomed into this amazing career thank you yeah i've been having a lot of fun doing it too excellent so why don't you tell us about the leo awards because that was recent yeah, the Leo Awards, they just happened this past weekend, actually, and for the first year, they made it a three-night event. <laughs> so it's just growing and becoming bigger and bigger. And, um, yeah, I went on Sunday night. Sunday night were most of the actor awards. And uh, basically, the Leo Awards are the Academy Awards, but for B.C., British Columbia. So they just, um, you know, it's a ceremony to celebrate film and television in British Columbia. Excellent. So, yeah, I see some of the categories here. Motion picture television movie dramatic series short drama documentary so they're all based out of bc mm -hmm. yeah that's right and so you had some clients in some of the films i did yeah i had a client nominated my client colleen renison and she was nominated for best supporting female in a feature film for the movie down river and uh, that movie, actually, Downriver, ended up winning uh, for Best Picture of the Night, which was, you know, a huge success. Really? Uh, yeah. Downriver, there it is. And Ben Ratner was involved in that one. Yeah, Ben Ratner did. He directed that film. And, uh, yeah, it was a really great film, actually. I saw it, uh, I saw it several months ago, and uh, it's, it was pretty big in the community, so... Yeah, and who's Colleen Renison, for those who don't know? For those who don't know, you may know her as uh, the front female singer for the band No Sinner. And they're actually on tour right now. She d actually didn't make it to the Leos. She was uh, on tour with her band down in the States, and they've just done a big uh, European tour as well as American tour. And uh, she actually just, her solo album actually was just released yesterday called uh, See the Sky About to Rain. So she's doing pretty well right now, and so, so is her band. Yeah, she's an amazing singer. And as I was explaining to these guys last week, like, she's like, you know, Tina Turner is sort of known for her legs. <laughs> well, she does shake them on stage quite a bit. Um, I uh, haven't heard her compared to Tina Turner, but um, she's been compared to, you know, uh, well, a lot of the great soul singers, Janis Joplin and, um, you know, but she has an amazing, powerful voice. 
She really does. And she should get those legs insured (laughs) right away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was the ceremony like? Like BC glamour? It was very glamorous, yeah. People people uh, tend to do it all up like Hollywood style. <laughs> it can be intimidating for some, I think. But, um, no, it's it's really fun. You know, they do the red carpet. They have media there. They do, uh, you know, interviews and photos on the red carpet. There's a reception, a dinner, and then uh, the awards ceremony, which takes up most of the evening. Um, and it's a big celebration. They show clips from, you know, all the films that are nominated. And, you know, it's hosted by, you know, a couple funny people and, yeah, it's it's just a fun night for everyone to get together and celebrate everyone's work in the industry, and yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, there's great stuff coming out of BC. Was there any other films that were particularly interesting to you or shows? Uh, yeah, uh, Three Days in Havana, actually, by Tony Pantages directed that, and they ended up winning, I think, for uh, Best Cinematography. Um, it's a fabulous film. It's really great. I saw it a couple times. Actually makes me want to go down there. <laughs> yeah, to Havana. Um, also, uh, my friend Paul Armstrong uh, produced a film called Lawrence and Holloman, and uh, they're doing really well on the festival circuit right now. And it's a great film, and I think they're going to be having a release soon in Vancouver. Um, yeah, tons of great films. Um, there's a lot of good work coming out of this city, and you know, a lot to be uh, you know happy and excited for. Good. Um, and so how are you involved in the industry? Like, what what kind of work do you do? What's a typical day like? So, yeah, so I work as a talent agent, so I've got a roster of about 60 actors right now. Um, there are some musicians on my roster as well, and basically my job is to get them the auditions for these film and television shows and commercials, and uh, it's their job to land and book them. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, day-to-day I'm submitting them on all the projects that, that you know, come to town. And, uh, yeah, that's basically my job, help develop their careers and, you know, help them grow into the great actors that they can be. Wow, that's incredible. So how did you get started being a talent agent? I, myself, I trained as an actor, actually. And my intention was to become an actor. And I went to theater school. I went to Studio 58 trained in theater, and then I did the film program after that. And then, basically, as I was looking for an agent, um, someone offered me a job in the office part-time, and I figured as an actor that would be a great way to learn the back end of the industry by working in an agent's office. So I took the job, and then after about a year assisting, uh, I was asked if I wanted to be an agent. So, you know, I weighed out the two. You know, I could become an agent or, you know, struggle to be an actor. (laughs) As, as some do, as it can be tough uh, trying to be an actor, make a living as an actor in this city. Uh, so I chose to uh, become an agent, and here I am. It's been about three years now, and I'm loving it. Wow. I still get to work with actors, so it's fun. And <laughs> it's, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more, really. So it feels like the right decision? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up for the world. Wow, that's great. And so in three years, because... I remember hanging out with you before, and it doesn't feel like three years ago, which is Mm-mm. discombobulating. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Totally. And so what would you say to somebody who's like an actor or, or musician, like actor slash actor, who wants to break into acting? Uh, training. Just keep training and train and train and train. It's like an athlete. You never stop training, right? you got to be on top of your game all the time. 
Um, and you're competing against people that have been in the industry for, you know, 10, 20 years. So uh, there's a lot of competition out there and not enough work go, to go around. So, you know, whether you think that you've just graduated from some amazing, uh, you know, institution and now you think you're done your training, you're not. You need to keep training and, and keep doing that. Um, you got to take it really seriously. You got to give it 150%. And that's that's the best advice I can give. And just don't give up. Just, you know, if it's what you feel you really want to do, you just got to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's, yeah, I don't guess. Don't take no for an answer. Yeah, right. And <laughs> it's, I mean, it must take a lot of persistence. And, yeah. and to a certain extent, people are looking for certain things like that you might not meet. They want a tall person yeah. or a short person, you know. Yeah. And what do you look for when, when a client approaches you and says, will you represent to me? What do you look for? Um, well, first, obviously, I look at what kind of training they have. Um, I look at their headshots. Um, you know, I, I don't like to double up on my roster. So, you know, I, I look for people and types that I don't already have. Um, and really, it could be anything. You know, they could be, you know, they could have a unique kind of character look and do really well with that. Um, they could juggle. They could, ha- they could juggle, like have a special <laughs> skill. Well, you know, special skills are always helpful, but um, that's, you know, it's <laughs> not necessarily uh, the reason I would take someone <laughs> on. But, <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, it definitely helps to have special skills, yeah. <laughs> Good. Wow, so what's next for you? Anything coming up? Um, yeah, well, let me just... Um, Give some shameful plugs here for some of my clients. Please. Um, so, yeah, I do have a client, actually, who um, he just did a recurring guest star on The Strain with Guillermo del Toro, which was pretty exciting. And uh, his name is Nikolai, and um, he also does Sin Peaks. And I don't know if you've heard of Sin Peaks, but it is a live improvised soap opera, and they're doing season six, which opens tonight at The Cellar on Granville Street at 8 o'clock. And uh, this week they're they're starting a, it's a four episode mini series called Double Wide Dynasty, and it takes uh, takes place in a trailer park, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Wow, that sounds really cool. I'm definitely going <laughs> to check it out. Sin it's, Peaks. It's hilarious. They're they're really good. They're really good improvisers, and and it's a lot of fun. And they throw some music in there as well, so they sing as well. Excellent. Anything and, else? Yes, I would like to plug uh, my other client, Alexandra Stasisin who just booked a role on Cookie Cutter Christmas. Um, And she is also a brilliant musician that I have. And uh, so I think we're going to play one of her songs called His Soul Sleeps in Stones. His Soul Sleeps in Stones. Yes, I have it here. I'm going to, I think. Are we going to play that now? I think, well. She also, I'm also just going to plug for her uh, The First Weekend Club which she uh, also works for, and it's a huge, um, it's a huge thing in the industry here uh, to promote Canadian film on the first weekend that uh, they open, and it's to help keep Canadian movies in the theaters. Um, so check out First Weekend Club online, look them up, and uh, it's, it's a great way to um, keep in the loop of Canadian theater that comes out, uh, and it's really important for the industry. So check that out, and you can also follow her at at move through on Twitter. Wonderful. And you have a Twitter handle, don't you? I do. It's Agent Star ninety nine. That's a great Twiddle handle. <laughs> Twiddle handle. Yeah, so there you go. And Colleen Renison, you can follow her band at No Sinner Music. They rock big time. They they're yeah, going places. They do. 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Esther. And I wish I was an actor and you were my agent. Well, you know, it's never too late, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think in my case, it's too late. But okay. do you take broadcasters? Um, I actually, you know, <laughs> I, rep, uh, I rep TV uh, hosts and reporters and things mm. like that. Well, you never know. (laughs) You never know. Well, it's lovely to talk to you and hopefully see you around sometime. For sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So this is Alexandra Stason and her song, Stason? Stason. Alexandra Stason. Okay. Stason and her song, His Soul Sleeps in Stones. Here it is. Thank you so much, Esther Cohen. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. in stones I pick them up as I walk this road I pick them up as I walk this road and my heart carries a heavy load his soul sleeps in stones I pick him up as I walk this road pick him up as I walk this road and my heart carries a heavy load don't know where my baby goes don't know sleeps in stone Lord, that man love rock and roll Rock me soft and roll me slow And roll me over and rock some more Overthrowed me right out the door Rock my heart and roll my bones Now I walk this road of stones Rock my heart, he rolled my bones Now I walk this road of stones Don't know where my baby goes Don't know where my baby goes Don't know where my baby goes But I know his soul sleeps in stones Big man, he says he ain't got no soul Got no love to keep him warm Got no love to keep him warm His heart of stone keeps him from harm But my heart of gold stronger than his charm Brace himself before I leave his arm His heart of stone keeps him from harm To brace himself before I leave his arm But his soul sleeps in stone 
Sometimes I pick him up as I walk this road I feel that truth cause his heart's my home I know his blood's running through my bones I know every place my baby roamed Cause his soul is leaves and stones And my heart carries a heavy load And my heart carries a heavy load And my heart gives them a home Wake up, baby, we're going home. Wake up, baby, we're going home. Leo, mama, heal broken bones. Wake up, baby, we're going home. You save my heart, I save your soul. Find your soul, it sleeps in stones. I found your soul, it sleeps in stones. And my heart carries a heavy load. And my heart gives. Daddy, we're going home. Save my heart, I save your soul. 'Cause your soul sleeps in stone. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the downtown area at The Baker and the Chef, Bang On T-Shirts, Beat Street Records, Dunleavy Snack Bar, The Fall Tattooing, Fortune Sound Club, Hits Boutique, Pacific Cinematheque, Perch, The Portside Pub, Save On Meats, and Vinyl Records. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. This is how to make a great sandwich. Step one, get the soft but sturdy bread. Up in smoke, it's where my money goes. Step number two, butter it with your favorite spread. Step 3. Put in the meats and veggies. Step 4. Shake it up. Pepper, salt and all. Step 5. Find another piece of sturdy bread. And that, my friends, is how you make a great sandwich. For more, listen to Soul Sandwich every Monday from 5 to 6 on CITR 101.9. Hi, we're back on the Arts Report. I'm your host for tonight, Sarah Lapsley, here with Sahar, a beautiful arts intern, Ola, also from beautiful. Soul Sandwich. Yeah. Also beautiful. <laughs> no, you're hot. That's different. Smoking. Yeah. Smoking hot, Soul Sandwich, and Rohit. Yay. What up? Also hot. <laughs> so that was Esther. Thank you so much for coming on, Esther. She did an amazing job talking to us um, about the Leo Awards and being a talent agent. I just wanted to kind of draw attention to a film. Of course, I'm always... <laughs> promoting things that are kind of 
dark and murderous on the arts report because that's just what i like so (laughs) (laughs) the dark and twisted features by bc filmmakers and this one stress position was actually nominated for best film at the leo awards um so it's been playing at the cinematheque and there's one more showing this friday june 6th at 10 30 p.m and it's really interesting uh considered must see uh, cast A.J. Bond, David Amito, and Marguerite Moreau. And so it's sort of like a psychological experiment that the filmmaker decided. So inspired by a flippant remark about the treatment of prisoners at Guantanamo Bay, Canadian filmmaker A.J. Bond, oh, it's actually a graduate of UBC, made a bet with a close friend and longtime collaborator, actor David Amito, to see which, which one of them could withstand a week of psychological torture at the hands of the other. Shot in an avant-garde torture chamber in an isolated warehouse under the supervision... uh, Oh, that's good. They were supervised. Their psychological torture. uh, By associate producer Marguerite Moreau. What begins as a bizarre and darkly humorous reality TV scenario gradually spirals out of control, testing the limits of their friendship and exposing an unsettling connection between filmmaking and torture. So, yeah, no surprise, it spiraled out of control. Um, it reminds me of the Philip Zimbardo experiment at, uh, I guess it was Berkeley in the 1960s. And anybody who's taken Psych 101 knows yeah. about that, where he decided to just divide the class into yeah. guards and prisoners and just let them run rampant for two weeks in, in the most, perhaps the most unethical uh, psychology experiment of all time, other than the Milgram experiment. Um, and so, yeah, people are still traumatized from that many years later. But his, his point, which he actually didn't even accurately make, was that, you know, under the right circumstances, anybody can become evil. So perhaps the actors in this film did become evil as they began to enjoy inflicting severe pain uh, and psychological torture on their friends. But it might be worth seeing. I'd like to see it. Stress Position at the Cinematheque. Nominated for seven Leo Awards, including Best Film. Uh, so Friday, June 6th at 10.30 p.m. There's also another another <laughs> uh, dark and twisted feature by BC filmmakers. This one's called Cruel and Unusual. Um, and what I, it's, so it's, a, it's more of a fictional mystery thriller. And uh, it's more whimsical. A man finds himself condemned to a special place in hell, blamed for his wife's murder. Um, his punishment is in kind of a Twilight Zone twist. His punishment is to eternally relive that last dreadful day unless he can prove his innocence. What what uh, attracted me about it is it's filmed in the uh, disused Riverview Hospital near Coquitlam. So uh, I work across the road um, at the Forensics Hospital, but the Riverview is abandoned. So it's this old Victorian abandoned asylum. And it's like, what's in there like? you really want to know. So if you go see the film, you get to see what's, what's in there. I know of one person who's broken in the middle of the night. Um, but yeah, it's just spooky down there. Um, so it's also, there's one more showing of that Saturday, June 7th at 10 30 PM. Lots of good films on at the Cinematheque. Um, so check out their website. And speaking of Riverview and the Forensics Hospital across the road, where I work, and I rarely mention it, of course, on the Arts Report, but one of my co-workers, D.B. Carew, wrote a novel, an intense psychological thriller with a bold twist ending, is called The Killer Trail. 
Uh, and it says, when Vancouver psychiatric social worker Chris Ryder spots an abandoned cell phone during his afternoon jog, the innocent discovery drags him into the psychotic games of Ray Owens, a suspect at the center of a high-profile kidnapping and murder case. I love how the arts report turns into this crime, <laughs> crime hour. Now, if Ryder is to survive, he must examine the darkness in his own soul as he walks the killer trail. Uh, so, yeah, that's my uh, friend and co-worker, Derek Carew, and we're actually going to have him on June 25th. Um, so he's going to talk about his novel, and I'm going to read it in the meantime. So we'll <laughs> fill you in on that. So, Sahar, thank you. And you went to see, we talked about this last mm-hmm. week, the Out Vigil, and yes. played an interview mm-hmm. with some of the producers. Yes, with um, the playwright, uh, Julie McIsaac, and the director, Sabrina Everett. And, yeah, I went to see the play on a Friday night, and it was my first play in Vancouver, and I went with my friend, and she has not seen a play previously as well, so it was a really interesting experience for both of us. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really fun play, I think. Um, I really like how they created this ambience of mystique, and, like, it was also very somber at the same time, and... Um, the music was really great. The music definitely added to the atmosphere. Um, I think the music was by far the most striking thing about the play. Um, and, um, the acting was great as well. I don't remember the name of the, the actors, but I think that was definitely something that made it, um, stand out. And, um, so it's basically about this aspiring hockey player, Danny, who um, he gets into this boat accident and he sustains um, a life-altering knee injury and he loses his friend, in um, his best friend, in the boat accident. And, um, his, and then he gets really close to his sister, Lizzie, and they have this kind of... Um, on again, off again, kind of relationship, and it's um, it's it's the it's very kind of reminiscent of like the, rom- the stereotypical romantic comedy relationship where they they really like each other but then they hate each other, and it's just like um, on and on, and yeah, and um, so yeah, so they um, they're kind of haunted by the death of her Lizzie's brother, um, Danny's best friend, and. Um, <clears throat> Just because of that, Lizzie feels guilty because she was supposed to recite this um, this kind of um, like a the out vigil, which is like this ritual that she was supposed to perform before he went out to sea, and she didn't. So she's plagued by the guilt of that, and it kind of like tears the couple apart. And Danny ends up going to Alaska to. Um, <clears throat> to find employment opportunities and then kind of Lizzie goes after him um to get him back and yeah so that's like the main gist of the play oh yeah (laughs) so it's like kind of like like mystery not mystery but magical elements like she's supposed to do this ritual but doesn't yeah also kind of everyday things Mm -hmm. like an injury and yeah. Problems and sort of every obsessive compulsive yeah. worst nightmares. They were supposed to do their ritual and they didn't do it. Yeah. And, yeah. The accident yeah. and then she's kind of plagued by it throughout the whole play yeah. and it kind of tears them apart. And um, there's also a lot of like comic relief. Like one of the characters, Cal, um, he is he plays the the employer in Alaska and he works with Danny. And like initially he's this like American caricature and he's very um, he's you know really like 
kind of gross and <laughs> just um, really rude and just not like someone friendly to work with. But yeah. um, eventually down the road, they form this like bond and it's really sweet. And um, I think, uh, again, I don't remember the name of the actor, but he did a really good job portraying that character because he made him likable towards the end. So that was good. And yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun experience. Um, the music was brilliant. Um, I think that was the most striking thing about the play. Yeah. Any any mm-hmm. feedback, constructive feedback about the play? Um, I would say the dialogue was a little... It was a bit cliched. It seemed like it... Um, it kind of... It was inspired by a lot of romantic comedies, like the dialogue between Lizzie and Danny. It was... Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't anything new. It was very kind of stereotypical of like, like dialogue you've seen between like two like romantic characters on screen. So, yeah, like you know, like the Matthew kind of like Donahue the like, yeah, like yeah. the Ross and Rachel and Friends yeah. that kind of thing because they had a very similar relationship. Um, yeah. They would you know they'd be happy and then they'd. Um, they'd um, break up and, like, it was all sad and they'd be, like, yelling at each other. But at the same time, they were portraying this, like, young, naive couple. So I guess it kind of made sense. But um, I would like to see more kind of innovative dialogue, you know, something that's more different from the simplistic storyline, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 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 <laughs> well, it's over now, you said. It's yes. not continuing. It's not. I don't think so. Over and out. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna play it again throughout the year, not um, not anytime soon, but maybe throughout the year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. but the ambience was great. Um, the the whole the um, the fog and like the smoke with like the violin and it was it was really really good. And like the theater was also very intimate. It was a very small setting, so I think that also kind of heightened the experience. <clears throat> So yeah. it was your first kind of going out for the arts report. Yeah, it was. It was really exciting. Yeah, it is fun. You get, it was you get so exciting. Kind of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Um, well, mm-hmm. we'll go see more things. Yeah, I would love to see more plays. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty out there for sure. Now, for sure. Ola, you saw Godzilla. Uh, yeah. Oh, I haven't even been speaking this whole time. My microphone has been down. Oh. I know everyone's just deaf. <laughs> devastated not to hear me speak okay yeah godzilla, oh, godzilla. yeah, yeah godzilla's a, I, I don't know people are pretty pretty like uh you know it's a pretty don't like the argument and stuff like i think it was a good movie it wasn't uh it wasn't like a summer blockbuster feel but it was had the good uh, it was a good movie you know it had like the climax had the plot you had everything but like I think um, the main like, actor, Aaron Taylor Johnson, like his acting is pretty bland, you know. Like, I mean, I think he did just got him because like he was just a pretty guy, you know. Like, I mean, he's 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 handsome. Like, really handsome. I'm just curious because really? like, how many times can they remake Godzilla? Yeah, exactly. Because didn't they just make it in like 2005? Yeah, and 1989 actually. Strangely, with, yeah. with Naomi. Naomi, what's her name? Watts. Watts. Yeah. Naomi. Well, I think that was 1999. Like, it looks really good compared to like what you think it is. But yeah, I think we were all really just expecting to be like really, really bad. That's why like I found it really, really good because it was like (laughs) it was way better than I expected. You know, like because apparently what like the old geeks, like the older geeks, you know, like what they say, they say like the original Godzilla was better than the 1991. 
that they say like it was just like terrible but like i watched the 1991 and i thought that was like really good because i was like really young and i saw like giant <laughs> giant <laughs> who was the 1991 i think Godzilla. i can't remember i think it was wasn't wasn't roland emmerich i think it was i can't remember but like i remember um roland emmerich was it Roland Emmerich was, was Roland? the 98 one. Was it night? Okay, okay. So, like, I, I, I don't know which he did, but I, I don't know who did it, but, like, I remember it was the one with, like, the French guy and, like, the one with, um... I can't remember his name, but, like, he's in, like, lots of movies, but, like, he was, like, the main guy, like... I think you are actually talking about the 98 one. Yeah. It's Jean <laughs> Renault. That's the actor, French John, actor. Yeah, French yeah, actor. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just, uh, all over the place. So, so it must have been a lot of special effects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the current, the 2014 one. The 2014, like, I think, because, like, the old one looked, it actually looked like a doll when you look at it. But, like, <laughs> this one, like, you, you could actually see, like, emotion on Godzilla's face, which right. is good. Anger, like, the yeah, emotion like, of anger on Godzilla's <laughs> face. Okay so, <laughs> okay, so basically, right, there was this, um, the, in the movie, he's like a superhero, basically. Like, basically, they're like the bad monsters that, like, they're destroying the world, right? And, like, I mean, Godzilla destroys the world, too, but, like, he destroys it in, like, a more, like, positive, like, oh, I'm the lesser of two evils, right? So, like, I'm going to, like, kill the other monsters, right? And um, there's a scene where, like, the two monsters, like, attack him and stuff, and, like, he's, as he's falling, and, like, he actually, you can actually see, like, the expression of, like, pain on his face and like you know like and he, like, when he looks angry and like when he got up again and, like this is like this really cool scene like where he actually like blows fire where i think everybody's looking forward to that because like the whole movie we didn't see any fights so i think yeah that's probably like the highlight of the whole movie like it was just really 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 nice to see like uh he moves <laughs> who's he just... out there someone's <laughs> dancing <laughs> Dancing like nobody's watching, <laughs> except except we're all watching. Yeah, we're just all watching. <laughs> I think I think he knows. I think he knows. Um, I think um, Godzilla was just really great because of the fact that like um, they had like some new elements added to it, like the whole new monsters and like they had Brian Craston in it. Brian Craston from um, Breaking Bad. Um, he's supposed to be, like a critically came, acclaimed show on AMC. I and, don't um, know. I love yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Breaking God. Bad is it was a good show. Um, it is a good show. I don't like to keep referring to it in the past tense, but like I don't think it's the best show in the world. But like I mean, it was pretty good. Um, Breaking Bad is about like um, a school teacher, chemistry teacher who is on crack or something. No, <laughs> no, isn't he on crack? He's no, on crack like, no. because okay, so he gets cancer, right? Okay, and then he has like this midlife crisis thing, and like because he wants to like take care of his family after he's dead, he goes into meth. Uh, apparently, meth is oh like meth, a, yeah. So like it's, he's not crack. He actually he's doesn't use. He actually no, doesn't no. use any of it. Like, no, no, no. He does medical yeah. meth. He's a very, yeah, like, meticulous yeah, scientist. Like, he's, yeah. like, he actually, because, like, usually, like, okay, he meets up with, like, this old kid from his old school. And then, like, um, the kid adds, like, pepper to it, like, chili to his um, meth to, like, make it better. So, like, his, his own twist to it. But then, like, he goes into it and like, he actually makes, like, chemical, chemically, pure yeah, pure meth. Like, and, like, everybody's, like, yo, this stuff is, like, the bomb, yeah, so man. Basically you know, like, he yeah, yeah. Monopoly over yeah, the exactly. Business. So, like, I mean, is and this like the kind of television we should be showing our it's, children? It's, it's interesting though because <laughs> it doesn't necessarily glamorize his yeah. Um, yeah. his role, yeah. but it's it's like this. Uh, yeah, it what, shows like the, the arc, yeah. yeah, of his like his life. Like he starts off like actually like doing something good. Warning like, spoilers. <laughs> sorry, warning spo- spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Um, and like, like it goes like he actually starts enjoying like what yeah. he does. Like, yeah, he enjoys being he, bad. Yeah, he gets a lot of power. And yeah, then he starts exactly. abusing so, his power. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. 
So it's it's this like what, what I think the director describes it as like a Mr. Chips to Scarface storyline. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's exactly what it is. Wow. So, yeah. Okay, I'm sold. Yeah. I'm just joking. It. I'm out of touch. I don't have a TV, so oh, like I'm really lot. kind of missing a whole chunk of cultural Piracy. knowledge. What? Piracy. <laughs> Piracy. Yeah. No. Well, I was going to talk about the uh, Vancouver Festival of Ocean Films. So it's, but you know what? We're out of time. But you can check that out at vfof.ca. It's a whole little film festival about the wonderfulness of oceans, and we need our oceans. Yes. We need them to be without islands of garbage. <laughs> um, so there's some really Glad. good films. I was going to play some ocean music. Um, but we're kind of done. Um, I wanted to talk about the next couple weeks. So on the 11th, we'll be back, all of us, some of us, whoever wants to come in. And we have the uh, some actors and people from the Shift Theater. So Megan, our former host, um, is involved with promoting the Shift Festival. Did you want to say something? No. Oh, um, and so... We're going to be having people in next week. And the following week, why don't you tell us, Sahar, what's going on? Mm, I'm going to co-host the Arts Report with Rohit. And, um, yeah, so we're planning on getting Linda Dong. She's... um, she is a YouTube celebrity. She's a YouTube comedian. And we're hoping that she will join us live on the show. And, um... Yeah, so that should be exciting. Yeah, she's like pretty famous, like mm-hmm. seven hundred plus videos. So she has like over ninety thousand subscribers on yeah. YouTube, <coughs> and she has like all these really funny topics, yeah. like you know, mean types girls, of guys Asians. you'll meet at yeah. a party, and mean girls, and yeah. um, annoying things people do, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. That sounds like an awesome guest. Yeah, it's, it's stuff that like resonates cool. with, I guess, like students, yeah. like just like daily. Yeah, stuff relatable stuff like people actually like. So I think mm-hmm. yeah. Like, because most of the things people do on YouTube is usually out of touch with people. Like, they usually, like, 